Welcome to Muskegon History and Beyond with the Lakeshore Museum Center. My name is Pat Horn. As the 1920s approached, much was changing in Muskegon as new industries sprung up, replacing the old sawmill businesses. Socially, things were also changing in Muskegon and the United States as women were being given greater rights and a larger role in society. One of these changes that I discovered was the appointment of the first female police officer in Muskegon. Well, as we shall see, maybe the first should be in quotes, depending on how you want to categorize it. However, our topic today was for sure the first full-time female police officer with any legal authority or power. Today, we look at Sarah McVeigh and her role at the Muskegon Police Department. Sarah Mitchell, later Sarah McVeigh, was born in Northern Ireland on June 12, 1862. Sarah's family would move to the United States sometime in the years following her birth, and Sarah would get involved working with the General Welfare and the Public and Social Services Department in cities such as Chicago and Grand Rapids before eventually moving to Muskegon. Prior to coming to Muskegon, Sarah met and married a Charles McVeigh. Sarah's first job in Muskegon was as a secretary in the Social Services Department. On May 23, 1916, the quote-unquote first policewoman was appointed by the mayor and police chief. This was Mabel Davis, a secretary at the Social Services Department. This appointment gave Mabel some authority, but not much. You see, she had been serving as a consultant to the police force when women came in with issues they didn't want to talk to with a man about, or that the officers did not want to address directly. However, the system had issues as Maple could only make a recommendation and was not on site. She was also on call full-time, but not actually in a full-time role. As the paper said, it was deemed best to name her a police officer without pay. She would later receive $4 a month as compensation. While this appointment did help, it still was not working as well as hoped for, and it was soon decided to have a full-time policewoman. On December 19, 1916, Mayor Arndt Elfeson approached the city council for approval of a plan to have a full-time female officer. This was approved and then later seconded by the police committee. While waiting for the approval of the police committee, Mayor Elfeson laid out his plan for this officer and also his recommendation for the role, Sarah McVeigh. Her job would be, quote, to interview all women who have complaints, monitor female youthful delinquents, and make sure they do not go down the wrong path, and make periodic inspections to local houses of ill fame to see that they are conducted according to the unprinted code of police regulations. He also added in this statement that if this plan failed, he would consider abolishing the red light district, which was typically on Ottawa Street and East Webster Avenue, but, quoting again, believing such a district to be a necessity in a city of Muskegon size to prevent vice from flying itself promiscuously throughout the city. He was going to try this female officer first. The police chief also thought a policewoman would be a great asset for some valid reasons, but also for some very sexist reasons. You have to remember in the 1910s, women were being seen more as equals, but there was much work to still be done. Noted things the chief mentioned included that nearly one half who come to the police department with complaints are women. And sometimes their story is a difficult one to tell to a man. Keep in mind, though, that only one female officer is going to be hired, and she's the one to have to talk to all these women, versus the rest of the police department talking to the other half of the complainants. Another reason the chief wants a female officer is that he says men lack the delicacy and tact in situations where, for example, a lady of the night needs to be guided into the proper direction 
and that men lacked the sympathy and understanding to help these women out. So all this fell into the new position to be filled, hopefully, by Sarah McVeigh. Now, one of the things that did really astound me about Sarah McVeigh was that she was a married woman when she took this position. Women were becoming more common in the working world, but usually only until they were married and then they stayed at home. To have a married woman in a position that was, until her appointment, 100% male was quite shocking to me. She potentially might have been a widow at this point, though, as I know her husband passed away before her, but I could not find a date for that. Regardless, she was very well received by the community. How the officers felt, though, is not entirely clear. From the police chief's comments anyway, it seems they were glad to not have to deal with women issues anymore. Sarah McVeigh had her first day on January 15, 1917, and quickly became very popular. From nearly the get-go, she was asked to speak to many groups, churches, schools, and social clubs about her job and her plans to help straighten out Muskegon. She was also invited to many state and national conventions. Even with all this publicity, she wasn't treated fairly. A letter sent to the paper by the Muskegon Women's Club makes that clear. In the letter, they criticized the treatment Sarah received and laid out plans to make her life easier. First, they mentioned that she is paid only $85 a month, which is $10 less a month than even the newest male police officer, even though the men were only working eight hours a day. You see, as the only female officer, Sarah was tasked with cleaning up the red light district, which typically was operating during the night hours. And so she had very long days and was always on call if a female came into the police station, which she wasn't there. The Women's Club recommended that Sarah get paid $125 a month and reflected on how her bad pay, which was publicly known, was making Muskegon look. They also mentioned how she was refused a telephone. This issue first came up in the city council when someone brought up her having a phone. The council, though, said she didn't need one and didn't want to add it to the budget. Even when someone offered to donate one for free, they denied the request to grant her a phone. This did seem to change because the letter does mention her having one provided by a generous citizen. Another point brought up was that she did not have a private office to talk to those women who came in even though part of the reason why she was there was to handle these discreet cases that the men didn't want to know about or handle. They also mentioned that she needs a female assistant to help her handle the massive caseload she had. Quote, The increasing need of preventative measures incident to our growing population requires the services of a woman subject to call night and day. Naturally, one woman cannot work 24 hours daily. End quote. Lastly, they want her to be granted access to the city car to help her conserve her precious time and speed up her work. In April 1917, the same month as the letter, Sarah's office was moved and combined with the city poor director's office since she worked very closely with that branch. But it does not seem it was a private office or that any of the other changes asked for occurred. After 1917, Sarah McVeigh would pop up in the paper from time to time with dates for lectures, food drives, or general welfare work that she was in charge of. She also made national news with a story about her taking badge number 13, which no one else in the department was willing to take. Over the years, she seems to have had her position shifted a few times more, and her power as a policewoman changed a bit as well with new administrations, but she was always referred to as a policewoman. Of some of the changes she tried to make to Muskegon, some stuck and worked while others did not pan out as she had hoped. 
One change she tried to make was to require women who were working during World War I in the factories to have to change out of their overalls before going home. However, pushback from the women defeated this ruling. In the 1920s, the changes women experienced were not all favored by McVeigh, including the wearing of pants on the dance floor, or a story, which was also picked up nationally, of girls wearing bathing suits in town. I also found an interesting quote about the Charleston dance that Sarah McVeigh gave to the paper when she warned dance hall participants to stop doing the Charleston. She said if they persist in dancing the Charleston that she, quote, will feel obligated to appeal to the city commission for assistance in putting a stop to the practice. The reason for this was her belief that the dance was dangerous to the safety of the buildings in which the dances were held, with old floors and old buildings being her concern. Sarah stayed in her work until 1937 when she retired. She had amassed 20 years on the police force and was 75. She would die three years later in 1940 at the age of 77. She is buried at Oakwood Cemetery in Muskegon. During her career, she was said to have handled nearly 100,000 cases and did much to try to help those in need. Thank you for listening today, and we will be back in two more weeks. <music>